Hello, my name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and welcome to Patient Stories, episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. The way patients deal with adversity can be as unique as their personalities themselves. Mr. R and his wife had driven six hours to see me from a neighboring state, and had brought a 50-page medical record and several x-rays for me to review. In fact, they had come to see me in my non-oncology clinic, so I was surprised to see the scans in which a tumor had clearly been removed. I noted from his chart that he was relatively young, in his late 40s, and that he was an assistant coach for a competing school's Division I football team. They wanted a second opinion regarding his care, which, as described, was conventional for a tumor type noted in the pathology report. I told him that this looked reasonable, but if they wanted further detailed evaluation, I could certainly present Mr. R's case at our tumor board and get back to them. After some discussion, they demurred and told me they'd think about it before making any decisions. Two weeks later, I was surprised to see Mr. R in my usual oncology clinic, the last patients of the day. I was, and hopelessly am always late when seeing these cancer patients, since they are typically so complex, I don't want to give anyone the short shrift. When I walked in, Mr. R greeted me like an old friend, with what would become a very familiar, Hiya, Doc! With such enthusiasm and happy-go-lucky spirit, it was hard to imagine he had cancer. He and his wife had decided it was better to come to see us for his care rather than his general doctors, comparing it to his job. It isn't right for a linebacker coach to be overseeing the running backs, right? I could only agree with his assessment. We went over his scans again, the plan, his need for radiation, and for chemotherapy. We can get this done before July, right, Doc? And anticipating my question, he said, That's when we start our double sessions. I said I thought we could, and he was visibly relieved. I brought in my nurse to introduce her to them and left to take care of the paperwork. Several minutes later, my nurse grabbed my attention and said to me that Mr. R wanted to talk to me alone. I brought him into the adjacent clinic room and asked if he had additional questions. What he said has been the only time any patient has ever uttered to me these words. Doc... I don't want to know. I never want to know. I asked for clarification. I never want to know if the cancer is worse or why I need a different treatment. You can tell my wife, you can tell my family, you can tell anyone else, but I never want to know if it's worse. That okay? I didn't know what to say. I didn't know if I was allowed to do that, tell his wife, but not tell him how things were going. These were the times before medical ethics boards inside of the hospital or lawyers who would tell you whether this was risk behavior. Doc, just get me through the season. That's all I ask. Just get me through one more season. That also left me speechless, since of course all doctors want the best for their patients. But the kind of tumor Mr. R had was malignant, and it would take a lot of luck to get him treated without recurrence, never mind without interruption of a season. I asked if he had spoken to his wife about this, to which he replied he had. So I brought in his wife and my nurse, and asked him to replay the conversation with me, which he did, and to which his wife agreed she'd be the arbiter for decision-making of his care. Everyone signed on to the plan, in writing, in the chart, and we started therapy. Mr. R was always happy and jovial, joking with everyone all the time. He was a favorite personality of the nurses and technicians, and made it clear that my wife makes all the decisions. I was always amazed at his positive attitude and that of his wife. I found out that he'd been a star at another Division I school, 
and that his wife had been a penultimate stereotype, being a cheerleader at the same school. Football had been his life, and it was natural for him to go into coaching after he'd finished his playing days. For therapy, it was somewhat challenging to speak with his wife separately after finding out how Mr. R was doing. He'd always answer things like, never been better, or it's a great day to be alive. And I talked to his wife about his care. After his second round of chemotherapy and before the season started, his tumor had recurred by scan, requiring us to change his chemotherapy. And the chemotherapy would require him to spend one day of every six weeks in the hospital. We'll do what we need to do, his wife noted. So we started the regimen, and Mr. R was just as happy and jovial as ever. And when I saw him in the hospital the night he received his first intravenous chemotherapy, we spoke for a while, and he gave me his thoughts about their first game of the season, what his plan was, since he called all the plays from the skybox. It'll be close, but I've got some tricks up my sleeve that no one knows about. And he winked. I smiled and told him I'd see him in the morning before he'd left. As I was walking out, I heard, Hey, Doc, here. As I turned around, I caught what he'd thrown at me. Hey, Doc, it's one of the coach's vests. You're part of the team now. I was touched and told him so. Hey, you're my coach now. And then he laughed. Every game that Mr. R coached that season, I watched and hoped and spoke to him about. And I worried about his scans the same way I worry about all of my patients' cancers. But this was somewhat different. I could see him working literally every Saturday. I could see what he was thinking. Was that bad play, his tumor getting worse? Was that crazy play, a harbinger of his cancer? And we'd watch his MRIs and his efforts. They won the first game, then the second, then the third. His scans all were stable. Then they won the fourth, the fifth, but then lost the sixth. His scans were still stable. And then they won the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth games. They won the division that year. It was, to no small imagination, a truly incredible season. In the next follow-up visit after the season had ended, we found that his tumor had recurred. We came up with another regimen, which was very, very aggressive. Mr. R was offered another assistant coaching opportunity at another school. Hey, Doc, you know, if I didn't have this cancer thing, I would have gotten the head job, right? But you know what? It doesn't matter. Things are still okay, right? Well, to say the least, we tried everything, but we couldn't stop the tumor. We couldn't get him to the next season. And even at the end, Mrs. R told me that Mr. R was still saying, hey, tell Doc that I still have some tricks up my sleeve. He died peacefully in his sleep. And I still have that coach's vest today as a reminder of Mr. R, who just wanted me to get him through one more season. Thanks very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.